What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 25 of Sports Talk Buffalo. I'm your host, Drew. In this episode, I want to go over the 2016 NHL free agent class, which is potentially in terms of production after their signings, one of the worst free agent classes in recent memory. I also want to talk about potential overpayments in this past year's free agent class. So if you guys are ready, let's go have some fun. Before we jump into this week's show, I just want to take a time out to say thank you to everyone who has continuously listened to me week after week since the beginning of this podcast. We have grown slowly but surely, and for that, I thank you. Now let's keep the ball rolling and this podcast growing by you sharing me with your friends and family, your coworkers, or just anybody that you know that likes to listen to sports talk about Buffalo. Let them know you can hear me on any of the major podcasting websites, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course, right here on Anchor. They can also follow me on Twitter at SportsTalkBuffalo716. Again, thank you for all the support. Now let's jump right into the episode. All right, let's kick off the top of this show, as we always do, with some top stories from around sports. In the NFL, the deadline is passed for defensive end Judavion Clowney to sign a long-term deal for players who have been franchised. Clowney has also yet to sign his franchise tender worth $15.967 million for 2019. Suspended former Steelers and Raiders wide receiver Martavis Bryant has formally applied for reinstatement. Bryant was suspended in December by the NFL for reported violations of the league's drug policy. Moving on to the NHL, the Minnesota Wild re-signed uh, restricted free agent Ryan Donato. Donato received a two-year, $3.8 million contract. He had, fifth, he had 15 goals and 19 assists in 68 NHL games. Also in the NHL, the Anaheim Ducks have signed defenseman Michael Delzato to a one-year deal. Financial details have yet to be announced. Delzato played in 42 games, amassing one goal and nine assists in 2018-2019. For all you UB Bulls fans, there is some news on that front as former UB Bull Jeremy Harris signs his first professional contract to play in the top basketball division in Hungary. Harris is a two-time Mid-American Conference All-Second Team and also the Mid-American Conference Tourney MVP this past year. That's going to do it for Top stories in sports this week. Stick around as I have a little bit of fun going over the abysmal 2016 uh, NHL free agent draft class and try to figure out if there is any free agents this year in this past draft class that are going to go downhill as fast as that draft class did. Stick around. We're going to have a lot of fun. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode number 25 of Sports Talk Buffalo. Yes, we have done 25 episodes already, and I just wanted to say thank you all for the continued support. But now let's jump right into things. In the NHL, the July 1st has just passed. A lot of big-name free agents have signed. They've moved teams. A lot of money has been doled out. But I, I seen an interesting graphic the other day. 
about the 2016 NHL free agent talent pool. And when you go back and look at it, there are some some pretty decent names on there. But then you look a little further into it, and a lot of these guys got big money contracts, and every one of these teams is now regretting it. Let's start out by going over all of the top five free agents of that talent pool. The first name on the list is Kyle Ocposo. The second guy on the list is Milan Lucic. The third guy is David Backus, followed by Andrew Ladd, and then Louis Erickson. Let's start talking about Kyle Ocposo first. As all the Sabres fans know, Ocposo signed a seven-year, $42 million contract in 2016. That's $6 million a year. And the Sabres thought that they were getting a top-line winger. They thought that they were going to get somebody who could continually produce at a high level, and I don't think that they foresaw him dropping off a cliff so fast. Now, in 2015-16, he came off of 22 goals, 42 assists, and 64 points. That was one of his better years in the NHL. So Buffalo ran out there and they signed him to a seven-year deal. And unfortunately, as a Sabres fan, we're still sitting here wondering how in goodness name the Sabres signed him for $6 million a year. Don't get me wrong, out of the guys on this list, he's probably the best one, which is sad if you really think about it. And we'll talk about like his his points per game, okay? Throughout his career in the Islanders, his points per game was a .697, if you add up all of the uh, games and, and whatnot. And then he came to the Buffalo Sabres, and his points per game has dropped in the last three seasons to a .538. Now, that is a substantial drop-off, and if the Sabres got anywhere close to the points per game he was getting in uh, on the island with the Islanders... I don't think we would be sitting here talking about how ridiculously bad this contract is for the Buffalo Sabres and the fact that they have to live with this contract in for the foreseeable future. Another guy on this list that I want to talk about, obviously, I'm going to talk about all five, but another big name that was signed, he had a, a very decent career up until he got signed as a free agent. Now, I don't know if it's just coincidence that these guys signed these big money contracts and then just vanished. And I don't really think it is. I just think that that age has caught up with all of these guys. And they were able to cash in on one big final contract before the end of their, you know, their their prime. Milan Lucic signed a 7-year, $42 million contract with the Oilers. And then his last year before becoming a free agent, he was traded to the Los Angeles Kings. He scored 20 goals, had 35 assists, and 55 points. Now, in 82 games in 2016-17, in 82 games in 2016-17, he did have a, a decent year. 23 goals, 27 assists for 50 points. But the following two years is where he just, he went somewhere. I don't know where he went, but it, his numbers were absolutely terrible these past two years. He's played in, uh, two years ago, he played 82 games, had 10 goals, 24 assists for 34 points. And we thought, okay, maybe he'll settle around there. And that's about how bad he'll get. 
but my goodness, last year it got even worse. For the Islanders, he scored six goals and 14 assists in 79 games played. As I said, that Kyle Poso contract is not looking as bad now when you compare it to some of these other contracts. Though Ocposo uh, has been pretty bad, uh, last year he only had 29 points, 14 goals, and 15 assists, it still looks better than a guy like Milan Lucic. At least Kyle Poso can play, give you some solid minutes on a third or fourth line. At least Poso can can play on your second power play and still give you some decent secondary scoring. The third guy on this list is David Backus. Now, David Backus signed a five-year, $30 million contract worth $6 million annually. In 10 years in St. Louis, his points per game was a .632. And he was considered among one of the the top-tier players in the NHL. And sure enough, as soon as he signs his contract in Boston... It was it was all downhill from him as his points per game dropped to a .452. Like I said, he, the guys on this list, I mean, the fact that these guys were signed to such big money contracts and now every one of these teams is paying for it in a big way and not just monetarily, I mean, on the ice is paying for it in a big way. I think it actually has started to give pause to a lot of GMs, to overpaying guys on July 1st. Getting into that bidding war, it seems like GMs are now starting to try to look into the future more and try to predict what a guy will produce later on for him. Not pay him for what he's done, but pay him for what he is most likely going to do. And you see that with a lot of the contracts that were signed this past year. I think that a lot of these contracts are not crazy overpriced, like a lot of the contracts on this list that I'm talking about right now. I think a lot of the contracts that are being signed by the Matt Duchesnes, by the Artemi Panarins, even by the Dezingles, by the Furlins, they're pretty fair deals for the guys that you're getting in return. And I think that most of these guys are going to be able to produce on a pretty consistent basis, maybe not in their last year or two for some of the longer term contracts, but I really believe that these guys will be able to continue to produce at a high level for longer into their contracts, at least longer than the guys on this list. Another guy on this list is Andrew Ladd. Andrew Ladd signed a seven-year, $38.5 million contract or $5.5 million annually. This contract is a little bit better before going to the Islanders, but Obviously, if you look at Andrew Ladd's stats now, he it's abysmal, absolutely abysmal. He's not a guy that you would really can even think about paying $5.5 million a year. Before joining the New York Islanders, Ladd's points per game were a .605. Since joining the New York Islanders, his points per game has dropped dramatically by, uh, by almost .2 to a point four zero one. Let me say they get a point four zero one, and he's not even the worst guy on the list. 
It's crazy to me how bad this 2016 free agent draft or the free agent class really has aged. They have all aged horribly. And, And if you think about it, all of these guys are bigger guys. All of these guys have a game that was more suited for about 10 years ago. And I think that the game is leaving guys like these guys in 2016. I think it's leaving guys like this behind. It's leaving guys like this in the past. The NHL is more about speed. It's more about skill. It's less about necessarily uh, being that big guy that can that can be a big power forward. It's it's a lot less about that and a lot more about speed and skill and and stick handling and skating. And obviously Kyle Poso, his skating has gone. He wasn't the greatest skater to start with. His skating's gotten far worse. He's also had some injury problems, some concussion problems. People in Buffalo know about that. There was actually a, a small little special uh, done by the Buffalo media, the Buffalo Sabres uh, media team. It was actually very good. Uh, I recommend actually go checking that out if you can, if you haven't seen it already. A guy like Milan Lucic, who for a while in the NHL, was the quintessential power forward. A guy who was big, who was mean, who was nasty, who could score, who could fight, who could hit. He was the kind of guy that you wanted on your team, but Boston was smart to let him go when they did. And they traded him to LA, and LA had a a pretty decent year with him. But Lucic wanted to cash in, and that's what he did. And he cashed in big time, and the Oilers are now kicking themselves for signing Lucic. Same thing with the with the David Backus. Backus had a fantastic career in St. Louis before joining Boston, and obviously his stats have dropped off dramatically. It really hasn't hurt Boston too much. Um, he's been a decent depth guy, but I I just don't think Boston is getting anywhere near what they're paying for at this point. Andrew Ladd, I know the Islanders aren't getting anywhere near what they thought they were going to get with Andrew Ladd. He is far removed from his uh, Chicago Blackhawks days. And I don't think that uh, they envisioned these guys dropping off of a cliff so fast. When you sign a seven-year deal, the deals are seven years, seven years, five years, six years. In the seven years, seven years, five years, six years, uh, seven years, I think it is. The fact that these long-term contracts were signed, I don't think that any of the GMs had really envisioned these guys falling off a cliff that fast. I really don't. I don't think that they had any inkling that the that the game would kind of leave these players behind. The last guy on this list, Louis Erickson. Louis Erickson signed a six-year, $36 million contract with $6 million annually before... Joining Vancouver, he had a .695 points per game, people. A .695 points per game. And it looked like Vancouver was going to be able to sign a very solid player going into the future. And as soon as he got to Vancouver, he has done nothing. Nothing is putting it nicely. His points per game dropped from .695 down to a .387. Now, the other contracts... In comparison to Louis Erickson's contract, they don't look that bad. (laughs) Out of all these guys on the list, 
in my opinion, Kyle Poso is still the most serviceable guy. So as bad as the contract is for the Buffalo Sabres, at least Kyle uh, Oposo can can be serviceable. Like I said before, at least he can give you second line or second uh, power play minutes. At least he can give you solid depth scoring. At least he can give you solid minutes on that third or fourth line. He can still play kind of physical, but last year again with his concussion history, he tried to drop the gloves. He got tagged with one good punch, and then he was out for a game or two, I believe, uh, with another concussion scare. Uh, and that's, you know, that's something that Oposo could have brought to the Sabres, but I think that now with his history, he's going to be very afraid and very hesitant to bring that type of game uh, to the Buffalo Sabres. Now, I have a question for you. Like I said before, do you think that the NHL GMs have learned from 2016, and I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes because I was going to uh, bring up who I thought most likely wouldn't be able to live up to their contracts uh, as July 1st signees, and I only found one. One of the big names that I don't think will be able to live up to their contract and up to their uh, their the money that they're going to make over the next seven years is Sergei Bobrovsky. Bobrovsky had a okay couple of years in Philadelphia, had a tremendous time in Columbus, and his career stats in both Columbus and Philadelphia, his goals against average is a 2.46, respectable in today's NHL, and his save percentage is a .919 overall. I believe it was a .921 in Columbus and a .909 or something like that in Philadelphia. But Florida Panthers, yes, they needed a goalie, but they went out and massively overpaid for Bobrovsky. They signed Bob to seven years at $10 million per year. $10 million per year for a goalie. He is the second highest paid goalie in the NHL now, only behind Carey Price. And in a league where you have a hard salary cap, numbers like that matter. Because now you're going to be saddled with a guy whose career might not be on the upward trajectory at this point. It looks like he might be going more on the backside of his career. You're saddled with $10 million a year for the next seven years. He's basically... If Florida doesn't do well, he's going to be the next GM's problem. That's how long they've signed this guy for. Obviously, we've seen Akposo. He's the next GM's problem. Lucic, the next GM's problem. Boston, they've had a pretty good run. And I believe in New York Islanders, he's the next GM's problem. Not sure about Vancouver. But seriously... The fact that they paid Sergei Bobrovsky $10 million a year is absolutely crazy. I think they could have got him for a lot less. But they're trying to make a big splash. They're trying to solidify their goaltending going into this next year. They believe that it is win-now time in Florida, and they're going for it. They're all in. They pushed all their chips in on Bobrovsky, and they're going to roll with it. Now, again, do I think he's worth $10 million? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Not even close. 
But will he have a good first few years? Yeah. But how many years is it before he starts to really, really decline? For goalies, it normally starts later. But Bobrovsky's already a little bit older. So I, I really don't think that it's going to be many years. I think they're going to get less than halfway through this contract before you really start to see the drop-off in Bobrovsky. We have a couple of other guys that I wanted to mention that could potentially not live up to their contracts, but these are guys that got signed before July 1st, mind you. So there was really no bidding war, although there was probably going to be a bidding war if these guys made it to free agency. Their teams tried to lock them up before they got there. First guy on the list is Eric Carlson. Eric Carlson signed in San Jose for eight years, $92 million. Let me say that again. Eight years, $92 million. My goodness. He signed for more money than a guy like Jack Eichel. And don't get me wrong, Eric Carlson is a fantastic player. He's been a great player since he was 19 and came into the league. I think that he has been... I think that three or four years ago, this contract would not be a bad overpayment. But Carlson, last year, struggled a little bit in San Jose. He only had three goals. He did still have 45 points, I believe. But the goals just weren't there for him. Of course, it is. He is playing defense. He is fairly. He is a pretty solid defenseman, also. But I don't think you're paying a solid defenseman ninety-two million dollars over the course of the next eight years. I think you're paying for a guy who he used to be. You're paying for his name. You're not paying for the production that you're going to get in three, four, five years. And now you're going to be stuck with that contract. For the next eight years, $92 million. My goodness. And here's the thing. When the Sabres signed Jeff Skinner, I thought that was an overpayment. And I did a podcast about it. I I said that it was an overpayment. But I also said that uh, Botterill was stuck between a rock and a hard place. And that he really did need to sign Jeff Skinner. Carlson will be 36 years old at the end of this contract. And there's already talks about him slowing down as a skater. There's already talks about him potentially having already lost a step. So what does that mean for the next eight years for Eric Carlson? Is he going to be the type of defenseman that we think that he can be? Or is he going to start to really slow down? He had a little bit of an injury problem last year. And you've seen it. He missed almost 30 games last year. And I really think he could have got him for less than eight years, $92 million but they really wanted to keep him. And they think that he's a big part of their future going forward. And like I said, I really think they paid for his name. Another free agent that the Sabres fans know and love that I think was an overpayment that might not end up living up to his contract that I'm very nervous about is Jeff Skinner. I just mentioned him. Eight years, $72 million. He'll be 35 at the end of this contract. Last year, he did tie his career high in points with 63, a mark which he has hit two other times aside from last year. And he did score a career high 40 goals and seemed to fit like an absolute glove on the left wing of Jack Eichel. 
But is he worth $9 million a year? Is he going to be worth $9 million a year? And what does he need to do in the upcoming years for you to think that, that, that contracts like this are worth it? Again, I thought that this was an overpayment, but you go back and you look at some of the guys, like you look at Bobrovsky and the fact that they're paying Bob $10 million, it doesn't, it makes Skinner's contract look a little bit more palatable. Same thing, Carlson signs, it makes Jeff Skinner's contract look a little bit more palatable and it, it gets me to a place where I'm okay with the contract. Of course, as a Buffalo Sabres fan, I'm going to be very nervous about this contract. Because we're still feeling the effects of the Akposo contract. We're still feeling, we just stopped feeling the effects of the Matt Molson contract, which we were paying him $5 million a year for the last five years. And where has he been? I don't think he's not even in the NHL. We were paying Villy Leno. We bought out Villy Leno, gave him a big contract. What did he do? Nothing. But the fact that they gave him a big contract after one good year, one good year in Philadelphia blows my mind. That was a terrible signing. Another guy that we, I believe we're still paying is Cody Hodgson. My gosh, I can't believe some of the signings that the Buffalo Sabres made. Now, Cody Hodgson had a promising young career uh, ahead of him, but just never materialized into what we thought he was going to be. And we paid for it big time. We, get, we signed him to a contract, and I think we're still paying for it on the buyout. But I think overall, GMs have really, really learned from this 2016 free agent frenzy that went on where there was tons of money being thrown around to lots of different players, lots of big names on the move, and guess what? Three years later, all five of those teams are absolutely 100% regretting throwing that big money around and not waiting an extra day or two days to see where the market goes and see how the market gets set. That's my opinion on this whole thing. I hope you guys had a lot of fun this week. I know I did. I had a lot of fun researching this and looking into it and the fact that these guys have been so terrible is absolutely mind-boggling to me. But I want to say thanks again for joining me on this episode of Sports Talk Buffalo. I had a lot of fun. Thanks for sticking with me. Remember, you can catch me on all the major podcasting websites, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course, right here on Anchor. I want to say thanks again, and you guys have a good week.